I'm Leslie. And I'm Amber. And you're listening to The The Grim Mystics. my phone goes off right when you're doing that you know i heard it in the last episode and i was like i like this this makes us seem like so much less professional than we already pretend to be (laughs) oh i thought you were gonna say this makes it seem like we actually have like social lives aside from ourselves (laughs) well my phone has not gone off once in any of our podcasts so you have more of a social life than i do (laughs) i would say well that was robbie and i would bet money that the other one was also Robbie. So I don't either. <laughs> well, see, and my husband's always home when we record. So, and he's the only person I text too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I missed you. Hello. I missed well, you. Hello. We're used still to this. not. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. At least we're talking over each other and we're not delayed. <laughs> Thank goodness, right? <laughs> I was going to say, we're, you know, not in person still because it's starting to get into that cold and flu season and i would rather not risk it for the biscuit so i think this is going to kind of be a little bit more of a normal with how the weather's changing for sure and amber's goat today she was very patient with my computer and my internet as we are recording an hour and 38 minutes after (laughs) the planned time the go time well and you know the first 10 minutes of us making sure our connection was working was both of us talking you into getting a new computer like we did with me because at at, at the time with my old computer I was the one anyway (laughs) anyway so Leslie might get a new computer that is actually a real thing um so that means that we need to start jump working on our sponsorship stuff (laughs) we'll get there yeah so but um we have gone on a tangent for about five minutes it looks like <laughs> which sucks because i have to say something i have to say do something it before no we start. make the tangent longer 10 minutes let's go for it i was horrified that last episode i said michael jackson instead of <laughs> michael jordan and like oh, yeah. i t- i texted amber and i was like i'm literally <laughs> horrified with myself It was the first time I felt like we were equals when coming to talking about sports because I totally went along with it. Like, I was like, I know who Michael Jackson is, but maybe there's a basketball player named Michael Jackson that I don't know. I I know I wasn't drinking. Like, I don't know what. (laughs) I don't know. I was like, but when I heard it last week, I (laughs) cried. Well, not even like three days ago when I heard it. (laughs) Oh, my God. And if I had been editing, I would have literally voiced over and been like. (laughs) Michael Jordan because I was I was just See, and I caught it but again was yeah. wondering if there was a basketball player named Michael Jackson that I just didn't know and then my brain went to like the imagination land of like what if Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson the basketball player that I didn't know about <laughs> were in the same room together at one point and then like it was like those two Spider-Man that meme with the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other yeah. <laughs> so Very that's confusing. what I yeah. So while I was editing, that's where my brain went for a minute, and I 
didn't even consider Michael Jordan. And I wow. know him because of Space Jam, so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. Well, anyway, I just was, uh, yeah, I was flabbergasted. Uh, so Leslie gets her sports uh, card back because she was very concerned about that. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah. knew that if like my mom listened, she said she hadn't listened to that episode yet. And I almost wanted mm-hmm. to be like, just Don't. fast forward the first like 45 <laughs> seconds. I was horrified. Anyway, thank you for giving me my card back. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I am obviously it. the authority in sports cards. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Well, we were close. Nine minutes and 18 seconds okay. now that I'm speaking. So close to 10. <laughs> I might I might cut out the fact that my neighbor walks around shirtless, but we'll see. That's fine. We'll um, see how the, how the vibe goes. <laughs> so if Leslie doesn't cut anything, we almost made it to 10 minutes. If she did cut stuff, then this is all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Let's get into right. it. Okay. So let's just dive in. Amber, can you tell me where we're going on the map today? Today, Leslie, our keeping it local gal, would like to go to Loveland, Colorado, where we were born and raised. <clears throat> yep, literally keeping it keeping it hometown today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first my sources, right? So I've got Wikipedia. Um, there was an article on TulsaWorld.com. We don't have a Tulsa. I don't know why <laughs> Tulsa is talking about it. Um, the AP News and the New York Times. Oh, wow. Loveland made it on the New York Times. I never knew that. I I, I will be blown away if you've heard of this. I had never heard of it. And okay. I was like, how do we not talk about this? But like, the New York up. Times has heard about it. Mm-hmm. Weird. Okay. So I'm going to set the scene for you. Fabulous. On uh, January 3rd, 1989, at 6.48 p.m., Loveland Police Officer Alan Opie and Larimer County Deputy J. Hirokawa, had to sound that out, responded to a domestic violence dispute on Glen Road. Nope. Responded to a domestic violence dispute on Glade Road. And <clears throat> for those of you who are around Loveland, which, like, is probably most of you, let's be real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Glade Road is just north, um, northwest of Devil's Backbone. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It's by like the Cowboy Church and um, <gasps> oh yeah, Sunny, okay, yeah, Sunny Gyms and so like on the way to my grandparents' house. Yes. Okay. And on a side note, <laughs> so I was looking at Google Map because I was just trying to you know get our locations covered, and there's a haunted house called Creepy Walk in the Woods. And it's like right there. So you, we have to go. Yeah, we do. Oh my gosh. That's local enough. Yeah, we could definitely. Yeah. Okay. We'll go. I'll Google stuff later and we will go. We'll go to the vineyard and then we'll go to creepy walk in the woods and it'll just be. Kind of drunk and then see what happens. We'll be living our best lives. And then Craig will come pick us up because he's listening right now. (laughs) Okay, Craig. Pencil it in. (laughs) He's ignoring me again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when he listens to this, he'll, he'll say, oh, I penciled it in, Amber. (laughs) (laughs) okay uh so yeah back to 1989 uh so the two officers were responding to a domestic violence call um and it was called in by a woman named barbara strazi barbara called when her estranged husband came to her home and attacked her barbara told law enforcement that wayne strazi came to her home after finding out that she was dating another man 
Um, Barbara also told law enforcement that it, quote unquote, felt like he nearly broke my neck during the altercation. Um, and, and in the case file, the officers were like, your face is like super swollen. So let's, you know, um, file a third degree assault charge. But Barbara didn't want to. Even though Strazzi had choked and threatened her. Um, but she, you know, she just said, well, he's just upset because I have a new boyfriend and we haven't finalized our divorce yet. So it's understandable. Uh-oh. It's not. No. <clears throat> um, 30 minutes after the officers responded to the scene, Officer Opie called in on the radio shouting that an officer had been shot. And there's your scene. Oh, my goodness. Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> so let's talk about uh wayne strozzi the headliner in this case he was 35 years old in 1989 he originally was from las vegas when he and barbara and their two daughters moved to loveland in 1975 strozzi served one year in vietnam with the 101st infantry in the early 70s and those that were close to him it kind of sounded like that like fucked him up for life like he had Mm. a lot of ptsd and would like tell people about you know his experiences and what happened and most of them were like yeah it was they were pretty bad (laughs) like they definitely weren't good and like back then too like they didn't have a handle on like mental health like they do now right so there wasn't like the options that soldiers have now if they need help with that and Vietnam was rough too I know I mean um, obviously we weren't alive but I have I know that people were mad at soldiers and just Mm -hmm. the war conditions were awful and Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely um, I'm not excusing anything I'm about to tell you but but (laughs) I he probably was not mentally well yeah we can like see his origin yeah and actually he requested to be discharged after only serving a year and so like he was like i you know he wanted out yep wow scary um in 1986 strazi was arrested and sentenced to one and a half years in prison for using and distributing cocaine in uh boulder county good old boulder (laughs) county (laughs) the hippies don't like the cocaine (laughs) they they don't like the cocaine (laughs) And once he was out of prison, he was working construction. Shortly after his release in 87, Barbara and their two daughters moved out of the trailer that they all lived in. Um, And in 1989, when this takes place, he was on parole. Still. Jeez Louise. So unfortunately, like, that's that's pretty much all that I know about him. Um, I, I feel like when I list my sources, usually it's like, a YouTube and a podcast mm-hmm. and a documentary and I just like couldn't find anything. The the articles that I listed, that was all that I could find wow. on this case. And even like for pictures, I don't know what I'm gonna put because <laughs> I don't know what Strazi looks like. I don't know what any of these people will look like because wow. there's nothing. I can't find anything on them. Weird. There's not even like a reporter herald. No, and I looked, there was a Reporter Herald Facebook post where somebody mm-hmm. brought it up and it, so it like got flagged when I Googled it, Yeah, but there was nothing. So. Weird. I know, again, like growing up in Loveland, how, and, yeah, how, you know, maybe it's in like the Loveland uh, Museum, 
I thought about that. Well, Craig and I have been there though, and it was mostly about Loveland starting. Okay, so I've never um, been. They yeah, so it it talks about the beets and all that other stuff. The cherries. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it doesn't really talk about like the people or like any like cases. I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's kind of boring. Save your money. Don't go. It is. But also like support the arts. So like if they have a fun <laughs> event there, then go. <laughs> really Just don't go. Sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed messages. Yeah, send mixed signals here. (laughs) Well, like, they do fun things. Like, I remember I went to a teddy bear competition with my grandma one year, and you just brought teddy bears, and then, like, they gave an award for the smallest teddy bear and an award for the biggest teddy bear and all these other things. And that was at the museum. So, like, go to things like that. That was fun. Okay. But the museum itself, yeah, don't spend money to just walk through the museum. Because <laughs> I never it. <laughs> I haven't, and I've lived here, you know, yeah. 28 years old, and I never went. So, yeah, so you're not missing much. <laughs> okay. That's good. Um, so, yeah, like that's, I mean, when we get into the case, I uh, I have more information, obviously, but like backgrounds, there's not much. Hmm. And I also <laughs> forgot to say, I was going to put this in the beginning, what we were talking about. And mm-hmm. I didn't until just now. So <laughs> should I say the name of the case or should we just keep it going? Oh, there's a name? Yeah. So this is, we're talking about the Loveland River House incident. Oh. Is what it, yeah. <clears throat> and I was going to okay. say that in the beginning and I didn't because, you know, we're distracted. <laughs> so, sorry, really bad storytelling today that's okay <laughs> again i'm not drinking i i'm not there's n- has not been a drop of alcohol in my mouth we're just tired <laughs> sure yeah we can blame it on that <laughs> so so where we left off on the timeline was at 7:22 p.m and officer opie had called that an officer had been shot uh deputy hirokawa who was with him had been shot in the arm my biggest confusion <laughs> is like where like what location was he shot at okay. because we there are two crime scenes there's the house on glade road where mm-hmm. barbara lived mm-hmm. and then there's this river house the restaurant this called the river house mm-hmm. so i'm thinking that strazi was like still th- that barbara's house when mm-hmm. hirokawa and opie ab- arrived Mm-hmm. And that, and then they were trying to like get her to file, you know, charges for him while he's standing right there, which mm-hmm. would kind of make sense why she's like, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. You know? Like they didn't separate them or whatever. And that just pissed him off. And so that's when he shot, you know, that's what, that's what I'm thinking. Sense. Right. Yeah. Like it makes sense, but I couldn't find anything. It just really bounced around saying that hmm. there was an altercation with his wife and then and then what happens at the restaurant so hmm. logically that makes sense to me <laughs> but yeah. um i you know who knows so the loveland river house was a restaurant on the river um Ooh. and actually amber if i can send you a picture of the building and i think you will recognize it because that building has sat for as long as i can remember and now i know why the old cheese house 
what <laughs> it's the one is it <laughs> i didn't know there was a name well so there are there are a couple buildings over because my parents grew up over there yeah so right. my dad grew up right behind there and then my mom grew up in a another town that was really close by and so there used to be a place called the cheese house and my mom and my dad used to ride their bikes down and it was kind of like a like a restaurant that sold like homemade cheeses and stuff like that but it was also like a convenience store so like it was like a little mixture of everything in one so my mom would go down and like buy groceries and stuff for my grandma what year would this have been um like 70s hmm maybe not 70s maybe not that building well, I know because there are a couple of buildings over there. So my parents always are like, the, the old G's house. And then there are like three empty buildings. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> the one that the river house was at had like a red roof. And... <gasps> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I know what one you're talking about. Okay. I don't think that one was the cheese house. So I took us on a tangent for no reason. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, I don't... Again, I couldn't even find... I couldn't I couldn't even find a picture of the freaking restaurant. I only found really? a Google map picture of the restaurant. And that's how I know that it's the one of the red Which roof. one it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, that one's been empty longer. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um so uh the river house was full of patrons that night, uh, mostly because it was hosting an event by the Loveland Lions Club. But there were yeah. also were just regular, you know, patrons eating there. Mm-hmm. So Strazi and he parks his truck in the parking lot and comes into the entrance of the restaurant. And um, off-duty police officer Steve Bethel was at the entrance with his family, and they were just, like, paying their check. Strazi mm-hmm. entered, grabbed Steve's wife, whose name is Belva, and held her at gunpoint and shouted. Oh my God. And he just was like, you know, this is a hostage situation. Like, he basically just said, this is happening. Like, it kind of might seem like uh, Strazi intentionally grabbed, like, a police officer's wife. But I think it just, it was just coincidence that they were literally Mm. standing by the door. And she was Mm -hmm. the first, you know, he's not going to grab a man because he kind of seems like that type of guy. Um, So I think she was just the first one that he could reach, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. And later on, Steve was just saying that he thought that maybe um, Strazi was, like, drunk or on drugs, mm. which, again, could maybe give some indication why he did what he did. But Barbara was like, nope, he hasn't drank alcohol. He doesn't do drugs because he's on parole, is what she said. Yeah, but she was also covering his butt pretty yeah, quick. right. So <clears throat> she, if you're going to lie about or decide not to press charges and vouch for him, then you're definitely going to not really tell the police if there's a drinking or drug problem going on well and we know he did have a drug problem you know to get him on parole yeah (laughs) you know there that that existed at one point in his life um Mm -hmm. so uh many of the witnesses and the patrons kind of just thought he was like just trying to rob the restaurant and Mm -hmm. because they like weren't really like taking him seriously which i don't know if that's sad that (laughs) I don't know, psychologically for well, him. <laughs> you know what at, I mean? At this point, Loveland is still considered like a small town, right? Yeah, but it was 30,000 people at this point. Okay, so maybe not everybody knowing everybody, but you know you know 
person C if you don't know person B. Like, I'm sure everyone has a connection to him in town. And especially in that area. I mean, that area is secluded. And I feel like everybody knows everybody from over Mm -hmm. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Just... Yeah, they, like, all just kind of thought he was just, like, robbing the place. And so oh. they, <laughs> they were like, like, all right. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and then I guess while he's still holding the gun to Belva's head, he mm. tells people that they can leave. Like, he's like, well, you can go. I only want to keep a few. So, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like, some of them went out the basement and some of them went out, like, the back door. And they, like, they it wasn't, like, a chaotic scene, apparently, again limited resources here but it sounds like they just walked out like okay let's go about our life <laughs> um <laughs> jesus <laughs> and so at 7:44, strazi called the police from a phone in the restaurant and told them to clear the area of police presence and that he had taken 20 people hostage jeez uh, witnesses said that strazi was standing at the entrance of the restaurant still holding a gun to belva when the first officer started to arrive Officer, uh, officer, I've got a little <laughs> speech impediment there. Officer, you're just trying out that Brooklyn accent. <laughs> all I all I got in for Brooklyn is like coffee, and I don't even know if coffee. that is if that is Brooklyn coffee. Yeah, yeah, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, officer, oh my god, I did it again. <laughs> it's not even funny at this point. <laughs> It's so funny. I'm so, I'm like cursed tonight. What the fuck? <laughs> That's good. Do you want me to say the word for you? No, I just gotta like exercise in my exercise. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Officer <laughs> Joe Burden um, was the first, was the first to, first on the scene. And he started approaching the doors and uh, Strazi noticed him. Uh, uh, oh wow my notes don't make any sense but i can tell you what happened well, it it sounds like your articles were confusing too <laughs> they really were it was it was a a short but interesting research yeah stint. i'm like i'm not talking a lot because i'm just like how the hell did this happen and like there were rumors in loveland that were spread way faster about less interesting stuff yeah right <laughs> like why was this never a thing <laughs> like how did nobody know about this yeah us specifically yeah (laughs) how the fuck did we never hear about this the two girls that started a true crime podcast (laughs) from that town seriously okay so um (laughs) nobody stalk us if there's please there's any explorers who don't already know where we live don't do it (laughs) you know there luckily there are two loveland areas in colorado so good luck figuring out which one (laughs) also neither of us live in loveland anymore but yeah so (laughs) (laughs) try to stalk us a different way suckers (laughs) um okay so since those notes made no fucking sense i can tell you what happened Um, okay okay so joe joe burden who was the first officer on the scene he like starts Mm -hmm. approaching the entrance and Strazi sees him and like freaks out and shoots him in the shoulder. <gasps> oh my God. And it's almost like, did was that like what set him off? Like, obviously I'm not a hostage negotiator yeah. and you want police presence, even though they're going to say, get the police out. Like, was, was that a bad call? 
<laughs> to let one guy go in by himself to be seen. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, and that's something different too, because those kind of strategies change all the time. Right. So at one point, you know, like in the Columbine era, police weren't allowed to enter a, a hostage scenario without backup. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we got to the Aurora shooting, Colorado had changed their mind and said, no, if you're the first one there, you, you go. And that's right. also what happened, um, you know, this past year in Boulder mm-hmm. that, um, officer was the first one there and the rule is go in, um, don't wait for backup because you could save someone's life. But unfortunately that also means that you are more at risk of getting hurt like this officer did. Right. So, yeah. I, I, and I, who knows what's like, it's all situational. I feel. For sure. And it's super easy to sit here and play the what if game like yeah. it always is. But I mean, before Strazi saw that officer, you know, he's like he was letting people right, go, <laughs> like being calm. I mean, he I should say he wasn't being calm. He had a gun to a woman's head, but like it didn't seem like a super threatening, aggressive type deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I agree. and then he sees Burden and it's like. All, you know it's almost like that was like what pushed him over yeah well and i think it's a little bit maybe because like you said earlier like it might just be convenient uh convenience that it happened to be or coincidence that it happened to be a cop's wife mm-hmm. but also like th- for him to grab a cop's wife and then for him to shoot a police officer like you're right it's clearly like aggression towards cops is yeah. what he's feeling well he, and he, he shot, probably just he shot two cops because he shot a cop yeah yeah, in the in the arm somewhere, <laughs> either at Barbara's yeah. house or at the restaurant, <laughs> and then yeah. he shoots this guy in the parking lot. Like, yeah. So yeah, it just seems like a bad, bad choice. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, you know, he leaves Burdens in the parking lot, and he goes back into the restaurant, and he destroys the phone that he had called police on originally. He like, oh shit. Well, so he he literally is going from like a calm collected i'm gonna call the police and explain what's happening to like he's upset that no one's listening to him and yeah. he's losing his shit a little bit exactly Jeez. um so once he was inside he shouted that he wanted another phone so he could communicate with the <laughs> negotiators <laughs> um. i broke this one give me a new one fuckers yeah. so i can yeah. talk to you and i just shot one of- <laughs> what well, and it doesn't sound like they give him a phone. It sounds like they're they're like literally yelling at each other. <laughs> like <laughs> that's from oh my God. from the gist of the uh, articles. Yeah, it sounds like he doesn't get the phone. So they're just like, have you seen? <laughs> like, hey, they have a tin can and right. a string. Yeah, and exactly. Tin can. <laughs> like I don't know if you watch uh, South Park, but yeah. th- there was one about Canada. It's like my favorite episode ever. And they're like mm-hmm. on two icebergs and they're like just shouting at each other. And they're like, <laughs> that's what I pictured when I read that. Yeah. See that or, you know, the old school can with yeah. the string and they're talking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> see, uh, okay. So uh, I, it's like, I want to take back all the things I just said about him having like a plan. <laughs> no, he there does, was no plan. Like, yeah. Like, it, so it is all just coincidence now in my brain that he grabbed a cop's wife because like, he's an idiot (laughs) well and barbara even said i'll get i'll get further into it but she basically said like 
he is such a good like he has medals for his like sharpshooting skills so barbara was saying like if he wanted to kill you he would have killed you oh my gosh so that he oh my, that's scary right <laughs> and she was like she felt like he was trying to die by suicide or die um suicide by cop but oh. she was just he was like too afraid to actually do it is what barbara thought was happening oh my god i don't know that's terrifying it's a <laughs> fucked up situation yeah. way. um so he's like again tin can shouting to the <laughs> law enforcement in the parking lot um that he wanted a clean shirt and his boots from his truck and a getaway car and lastly he wanted a plane so he could f- uh, fly to libya Those were it's his... Loveland, Colorado. <laughs> Those were his demands. They don't have a plane on hold. Like, I'm not saying Leslie and I, like, we it, we came from a very normal Colorado town. <laughs> like, I don't, I, it wasn't the Ritz. It wasn't, no. you know, like, we weren't slumming it like Eminem in 8 Mile. Like, it was a very <laughs> content Mediocre place. place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, for this man <laughs> to be like, give me a plane. Like, yeah. maybe like a small helicopter to get you to denver but like, like come on wayne let's be fucking realistic yeah. here it's fucking loveland i'll give you a taxi although they're pro- we don't we just got taxis so there probably weren't any fucking taxis at the yeah. time like i'll give you a greyhound ticket and you can go to dia yeah <laughs> stapleton like, at even, the time but yeah. yeah yeah and even even the trains stopped coming through loveland yeah. like so yeah that he wanted a clean shirt, his boots, a getaway car, and a plane so he could fly to Libya. The thing he forgot to ask for is gas in both of the vehicles that he wanted. <laughs> They're like, that would be me as a negotiator. Like, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, I'll get you a car. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're out of gas. So There's no ga- You didn't ask for gas. <laughs> details, people. Details. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be us. We'd be the worst negotiators. I know we would really get those people peeved. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd probably just like verbally assault them and then, yeah, just make the situation worse. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know how I feel about people like that. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, like, while he's like going back and forth and like yelling, you know, to the cops, um, he starts telling the hostages to dump all of the liquor and alcohol onto the floor. And he's like, I'm going to you know blow this shit up Ooh, like i'm gonna Jesus. burn it to the ground so they're just like putting liquor on the carpet and like trying to make it like flammable which just sounds <laughs> terrifying see i feel like as a hostage at one point i would be like nah, then i'm good <laughs> well, <laughs> i'm fuck not you, gonna just... help you kill us <laughs> i mean i'm sure they were petrified i would think yeah. they're petrified it's easy he like no it, plan it, it, at yeah, all yeah you know yeah. sitting on the outside no <laughs> yeah no plan but also me on the outside like I again in that situation hopefully no one is ever a hostage with me because I would probably escalate the situation as a hostage (laughs) (laughs) and I'd be like fuck you no if you want to blow us all up you have to pour all the liquor I'm not gonna fucking help you (laughs) do something about it yeah Um, like what you gonna do tell Craig to stop messaging me on Facebook seven minutes ago I'm busy Craig Craig why are you messaging Leslie on Facebook she's busy you know where she is (laughs) is that good (laughs) I'm not going to, but he went. Hmm, so I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the honesty. <laughs> <She's> like... <laughs> um, 
Oh God. Oh, we're derailed. <laughs> That's okay because it's short. There's not much, not much left to we're it. We're adding so. more fluff. <laughs> exactly. It's just like my college English classes. I could fluff that shit like no one's business. Oh yeah. So yeah, so alcohol's on the ground, and he's saying I'm gonna blow, you know, blow this joint up. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the articles that I read said that he started to like line the hostages up by the windows because knowing that he was probably pissing the police off and just mm-hmm. kept because it it even said like he was not budging like he was like clean shirt boots getaway car <laughs> libya like that's that's the four and these are my plans <laughs> and so he just started lining them up around the windows which is kind of terrible like for me that's when it that's takes terrifying that yeah 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 that's yeah because then the police can't do anything because there is a civilian right danger yeah. Then I would shut my mouth. <laughs> well, he still has hostages in front of him. Like it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like it was Belva for the entirety of this scenario, but like he, they kept saying he would like go back and forth, but they were all women and he would mm-hmm. keep them in front of him. Like, mm. so <clears throat> yeah, that, that's when it gets aggressive. <laughs> so like Loveland police, right? Like did not help the situation in the slightest. Well, I mean, one, it, it's a, it's small. It was super small back mm-hmm. then. I mean, it, Loveland is pretty small still, but it was. I way mean, but smaller. they're they're big enough now. They have their own SWAT team, so right. But back then, definitely not. Yeah, back then they did not have a SWAT, um, and they had never experienced anything like this. Mm-hmm. This was like the first big hostage situation for them to deal with on their own. Mm-hmm. So not only that, but the police chief had just retired. Oh, shit. And this, this took place on, like, a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, like, he had just retired. And the new police chief was supposed to come into town on Monday. Oh, so, like, really, re- like, just retired. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. See, so then we go back to, was this kind of planned? Like, did he, like, <laughs> kind of have a little thought process of, hey, if I want to snap, this weekend will be the weekend to do it? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't think he was that smart. I think you're mm. giving him a lot of credit so this was all just the universe like throwing him a shitting real easy on pitch <laughs> yeah, yeah or shitting on loveland, loveland yeah. yeah right yeah so they so they didn't have an, a police chief like a real police chief Jesus. they had like a sergeant who was acting as a police chief mm-hmm. but yeah so it was just like it was like the perfect storm <laughs> for a hostage situation and like pretty much immediately everyone's like well why wouldn't you just call denver swat like yeah they wouldn't be there immediately but you could probably you know carry on a hostage situation a negotiation Mm -hmm. yeah and get them down here and then they could fucking do it yeah yeah um but they didn't (laughs) and uh so sergeant chuck higney was one of the i couldn't tell if he was the acting chief or if he was just in charge of this whole situation but he was the one who was calling the shots okay uh, literally <laughs> some foreshadowing <laughs> that was a bad joke <laughs> about an hour into negotiating uh it sounded like he just was like over it and he was sick of hearing clean shirt you know boots <laughs> car libya like because he just kept saying that's all that he was that's all he would you know say he wouldn't budge like there were direct quotes from him basically saying like he won't do anything else 
My connection says it's unstable. And I just want to say that's not the only unstable thing right now. (laughs) (laughs) My fucking sanity. (laughs) Squadcast. Okay. Okay. So it glitched real bad. And all I heard was um, sergeant guy was getting irritated about clean shirt boots car Olivia (laughs) and then it started glitching out (laughs) okay okay um so so yeah back to you know the the four the four necessities here he uh he just was basically like he was even quoted to say that that was all that he wanted like that's all that he was saying Mm -hmm. so I think he was just like over it (laughs) I think at this point because they had been going back and forth for like an hour well, that's not really a negotiation. That's just me telling you what I want. <laughs> right, exactly. So, and then, and basically, Strazi said, if I don't get my my shirt, my boots, my car, and my plane, <laughs> like, in five minutes, like, I'm going to start shooting hostages. Oh, um, and, he, oh, and burn the restaurant down. and Because, yeah. you know, there was he made alcohol. them do all the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Higney asked one of the officers that was there um, if he felt like he could get a good shot from where they were at. Oh, shit. Um, and the officer agreed and he got into position and was basically just waiting for Higney to give the okay. At 8.30 p.m. Uh, with the police shooter in position, Higney called out to Strazi to start releasing the citizens so that they could discuss his demands. Rather than letting them go he comes into the doorway of the restaurant this time he's holding um a waitress who works there and her name was sally mills mm-hmm. uh strazi just kept saying like are you you know are you gonna get my shit are you gonna meet my demands and um higney is super adamant like we won't discuss your demands until you start releasing citizens mm-hmm. so if you start releasing people then we will talk so he does. He starts releasing. Oh my god! <laughs> he's, he started. I mean, this is he, good. I'm not. I'm not. No, upset. no. <laughs> this isn't. This is a good thing. But like, there's stick to your shit, Wayne. Yeah, he doesn't even have a plus. <laughs> like, yeah. friends quote, not even a plus. <laughs> yeah, right. He's got nothing. Um, mm. so he yeah he starts releasing about a dozen hostages. And um, he asks one to go to his truck to get his boots. Uh, and he told her that a a good cowboy dies in his boots. And so he was like, yeah, can you go get, go to my truck and get my, my boots? So he just, I just terrorized you, held you at gunpoint, made you pour your own fiery death liquid on the ground. But can you do me this favor? And can you go to my truck, grab my boots, come back, and then trust that I will let you leave again? Well, yeah, like, I mean, dumbass on him. Why the fuck would she come back? So she didn't. Like, she fucking ran. Good. Smart girl. Good job, Sally. Oh, no, this wasn't Sally. This was a different waitress. No, yeah, he has. He's holding Sally right now. Oh, oh, Um, he still got Sally. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So he releases about a dozen, like I said, about a dozen hostages. um, And seven minutes later... Uh, after he starts releasing them, Higney gives the officer that was that's waiting with the rifle the green light, and Strazi is shot at least three times by police while he is standing in the doorway. Jeez. While he's still holding Sally, Strazi <gasps> shoots her three times as he's oh, being shot. No. Um, 
And some of the articles said that Strozzi then shot himself in the head. But others said that he was shot in the head from police. That would be crazy adrenaline if you get shot three crazy times. Crazy adrenaline. And you can still keep your brain coherent enough to shoot your victim three times. That, and then yourself. And then, yeah, and then as you're going down yourself. That, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I yeah. It, but So that happens, and um, Sally is fatally shot at, mm-hmm. right then and there. And um, the scene was basically just chaos at the time. I mean, hostages were just sure. whoever was yeah. left was just running out Mm -hmm. and police were trying to get a hold of, you know, everything that was going on, telling people to stop. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately, one of the hostages was a 45 year old man um, named Fenton Crookshank. Mm -hmm. And Fenton was at the river house for the lions meeting uh, when this happened. And when Strozzi went down, Fenton tried escaping um, out of a bathroom window. Mm Mm-hmm. And police say that they were shouting at him to tell him to stop or to wait or to identify himself. Um, Mm -hmm. And they said that he didn't respond to anything. Um, And so Fenton was fatally shot while he was (gasps) trying to climb out of a window. Oh, my God. Seriously? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So... Strozzi was pronounced dead later that evening at McKee Medical Center. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Amber and I were born. <laughs> Where we were born. <laughs> um, and uh, both Deputy Hirokawa and Officer Burden uh, were released from McKee after being treated and they were fine and lived a great life. Sally Mills, who was the waitress who was fatally shot, was a 40-year-old single mother. And again, I don't have much information about her. And um, Fenton Crookshank, who is the other victim in this uh, story, was a fo- was 45 years old at the time of his death and was a former um, school principal in Nebraska before he moved to Loveland. Oh, my God. So, yeah, there's the Loveland River House incident. Oh, my gosh. this sh- I can't believe that this isn't, like, talked known. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, because, I mean... Back then, Loveland was small. Now, Loveland's, like, you know, a little bit bigger. Like, I wouldn't say if I go to Loveland, I'd necessarily run into someone that I know 100% of the time, maybe, like, 70% of the time. Right. But, like, that had to be the talk of the town for a very long time. And then for it to just, like, be forgotten, almost. Well, and how I heard about it, I was on, I don't know if you're on it, Amber, there's a page on Facebook that says like remember in loveland when is like what it's called oh i was a part of it a long time ago i think i took it off because some people were getting in arguments about stupid shit <laughs> oh i'm so glad i don't live there yes. anymore <laughs> not all, not everybody but yeah seriously um and um that's how i found it and i was like what the fuck so yeah now oh, i mean wow. Again, now you can drive by. That that restaurant has sat forever. I don't know when it closed. I don't know. I don't have a date or anything. Mm-hmm. But I do know that it has been mm-hmm. uh, made into a very beautiful house. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I was looking at it on i uh, I'll send you the link. It's beautiful now. I mean, it is really nice. Hmm. So. Hmm. So then I wonder how that goes. Like, 
So, you know, it was a restaurant first. So do you think that house is haunted? Uh, fuck yeah. Because <laughs> of all the craziness? I mean, I mean, definitely the gunman himself. Like, he yeah. seemed very off the rails. So I wouldn't be surprised if his spirit is the same way. Like, Sally died a super traumatic death. and. Oh, yeah. And so it's by the, it is the reason it was called the river house is because it's Mm. on the river. And if you believe in such things, water is a natural element. So it's automatically Mm. almost like a portal for spirits Mm -hmm. because it's a natural element. So I'm sure that house is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I wonder if those people even know. (laughs) I didn't. I mean, they probably don't. But yeah. Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, and that's just, like, like what's amazing is I can actually imagine, like, the area. Mm-hmm. Because I grew up over there. My grandparents had a house right um, around the corner from there. So, yeah. um, made that drive many a time. And we did, too. We hung out at my grandparents' house a lot yeah. when we were growing up, too. Whoa. I mean, and then to just not have any information, like, Loveland Reporter Herald will report when, like, there's a bear sighting on, you know, <laughs> the... 17th time at the same cul-de-sac but we don't have anything from them on this that's that's disappointing yep there was one thing that came up jeez and uh and it was someone else bringing it up it wasn't even the reporter herald bringing it up exactly yeah so i I was blown away i'll be curious you know if our parents say oh yeah i remember that or i don't you know i don't know well and when was that done when this was was 1989 Oh, yeah, my parents would be alive, for sure. Yeah, I mean, my parents were definitely alive. I mean, my mom... Well, but in in the area alive, like, just, like, my dad lived literally right right up the road Mm -hmm. by then, so... And if uh, he does know, and he does know what Wayne Strazzy looks like, tell him to draw me a composite sketch, because I need to know (laughs) what this dude looks like, and I can't find a freaking picture. Yeah, that's really frustrating. That would, yeah... Um, well, my dad once tried to draw a dog and I called it a dinosaur. So (laughs) his sketch will be fabulous. Uh, He'll just need to explain it to Leah and then Leah can draw it for us. Yeah. And then Leah can do it. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Leah does our, our cover art. So, (laughs) well, I am just like, oh my gosh, you're so great for looking at all of this, including with like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nothing to go off of <laughs> well <clears throat> i was mostly disappointed that there wasn't anything to go off of because i had to tell you this story because it's freaking crazy well and my parents knew uh, i mean so we own a towing bit for people who don't know uh so like the one listener um so my parents own a towing business in loveland and my grandpa started it when he moved you know my mom's family out from chicago and um so they knew like all of the cops at that time too. Mm-hmm. So I, I could definitely probably talk to my parents and they would know of someone who would know information. I bet. Well, Hirokawa, that sounded so familiar. It still sounds familiar to me. I just can't yeah. figure out how I know that name. Yeah. I, yeah. See, that didn't sound familiar. None of the names, which is surprising. I was waiting for them, but none of them sounded really familiar. So goodness, that's just crazy. They're like, Loveland is just still in my head this like tiny town like when we were growing up not necessarily what it is like right now Mm -hmm. and like so when I think about it I think about it like 
you know, during the nineties and stuff, not necessarily like what it's grown to. And I, that just baffles me that there was an actual hostage situation in our very boring, quiet town. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow, Lou. That was awesome. And Thank I you. think my banter stretched it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we definitely, again, just enough. we fluffed that shit good. <laughs> this is how we got those degrees. C's, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a clue? I can give I can give the clue. Yes, ma'am. It's kind of weird. We can't see each other right now. So our computers like our screens are off with the recording. So usually like we give a little look to like do the segue. But like, let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leslie usually gives me a. All right. Let's roll. <laughs> but my clue for the next episode is. There are two sides to every story. Oh my gosh, that's like so vague. That could be like <laughs> literally every single case. <laughs> that is true. Okay, see? I'm hoping. Okay, oh, so there are two sides to every story. What are you hoping? Sorry. <laughs> We're just talking over each other. It's fine. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that it is just vague enough that someone will get it. <laughs> Because this one is actually thought out. This I thought of this clue a handful of weeks ago. So okay. it was like, I, I normally, I wing it the day of, and I'm like, what case do I want to talk about? And I scroll through the very long list in the notes on my phone, and yep. I'm like, this one. And then I think backwards and think of a clue. But this time I actually had this clue planned out for a handful of weeks, so... I don't know if that made it less vague or not, but it, it, did. it didn't, <laughs> but I'm excited to good. hear about it. <laughs> oh man. Well, good job, Leslie. That Thank is you. so interesting. Now we're going to be on the hunt for more information about that. Uh, yeah. Now <laughs> I like, have to know. Yeah. That'll definitely be a revisit if we ever end up talking to someone who knew like anything at all. <laughs> Seriously. Alrighty, friends. Well, thanks for listening to another episode, and we will see you next time. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Skrbek and Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.